you have a, I've got one of the automatics that you can like shift into like the pretend mm-hmm. gear where you just push up or down. And yeah, it makes it still makes you feel like a badass sometimes. Oh, it's absolutely dude. When you when that one when a drop hits or like the one guitar like that comes in, you're just like I can't really shift, but I'm gonna hit this thing like this to make make believe I have it. <laughs> oh, happy Friday, nerds! Yeah. nerds oh, you can nerds, get the nerds. paddles on the steering wheels. That's the one I love. Oh, I have are, that, but I've never used them. Those are so dumb. Really, I have. Oh. They can't be that much fun. How's it dumb? What is uh sport sports racing car NASA for 200 please? Oh, shifting paddles on the steering wheels. No, that's not the way you're sp- you're supposed to have a thing in your hand and then like like if you shift Not when the you're wrong driving, way, you that's illegal. Take the wheel. It might not go the right way, you know? Like you're not supposed to have hands on it's not control. Not 10 and 2, one and praying to whatever deity you believe in at that moment. I mean, things in your hand while you're driving is how you get into accidents. Uh, right? Oh, I I know bad drivers by if I roll up next to them or behind them and I see 10 and 2 and I'm like, nope, pass, pass, get away from me. You obviously yeah. don't trust yourself enough. I'll, I only prefer the drivers who have like a bare can in their hand. That way I know they're serious. Yeah, right? Because like they're relaxed and they're aware. No, don't do that. That's bad. Don't do that. That's supposed to be your Yeah, don't drink and drive. Let's not open yeah, up no. the show by, for before yeah, the weekend. Wow. Say, you a know what's cool? In. We already are here. You know what's cool? Having a beer in your hand when you're driving. No. Yeah, I didn't say you were drinking later. it while driving. I'm just saying you had a can of beer in your hand. Oh, kind of like people who don't really want to smoke, but they just hold something in their in their fingers to like make believe that they're smoking. Welcome, Vincent. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Welcome to the shit show, pal. <laughs> yeah, what did I get myself into today? Yeah, I, yeah. I hear my mom calling me. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Danny Akatsky, uh, customer success manager here at Trimark Security. Welcome to the happy hour. Uh, we do this every Friday here on Twitch. Fohammer in chat. Uh, Bill is in the chat. Uh, I only trust the drivers who use Tesla Autopilot. Did you know that there's like more death, deaths and crashes than like we're really aware of when it comes to those Teslas. Like, wait, first of all, sign me up for a Tesla auto drive. That's all I want. That's my dream. Get in a car and it drives me to where I have to go. If I have to roll the dice and, and I die, that's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's what time travel is, man. You just, you just close your eyes and hope you wake up. Um, I'm just saying the car is going to drive way better than I can. Yeah, I, uh, I, and I, I only know it because of TikTok. That's where I get all my news from now. Uh, it's my trust. It's my trusted news source. Uh, Sounds about right. Yeah, and like, yeah, it's it's super dangerous, but not quite as dangerous as being on this show with Dev, Jake Hildreth, and Brandon. Uh, we all work here at Trimark Security, and when Sean's not on. Uh, we, we try to, <laughs> we try to get away with as much as we possibly can. Um, and if you are new to the show, if you're just listening, uh, youtube.com for all of our past episodes, or if you're like me and just want to listen to the things while you have background noise, that's okay too. Uh, Spotify, Google and Apple podcast. You can search for us on there and you will see all of us, including last week's show with Casey John Ellis of bug crowd. Uh, and today uh, you know, uh, so I, I've mentioned it before. I've come from uh, uh, a, a threat hunting background, but I've either always been on like product teams or I've worked for like mega 
corps, you know, like Bank of America and like and and uh, uh, GE, those kind of things. And I've never actually had to support or done a whole lot of like, and even the product teams I'm on, they were priced out of the small to medium business. Uh, so my entire career has effectively been supporting enterprise. So I don't, I couldn't even say that I necessarily understand all of the <laughs> hashtag thrunting. Thank you, faux hammer. Uh, thrunting forever. Um, uh, uh, by the way, Kyle, Kyle, uh, 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 Kyle Benson, uh, they have the best uh, 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 Twitter banner. He's at, uh, they're at, at, at KX Benson, and it's just them and their beauty and just, just thrunting across the top, uh, which makes me very happy. Um, <laughs> thrunting right to jail, right away. But small to medium business, and especially in pen testing, right? Like, I really love hearing about you filthy, filthy, red teamy, pen testy, breaky in people. And to that end, we have our guest. His name is Vincent. He is at I am Vincent, as you can see. If you are on watching the show, you see his banner. But for people streaming, is I am V one NC three NT like a proper hacker should be? How are you, Vincent? I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming on the circus uh, uh, today. So, what do you do? What do you do? How long you been doing it? Uh, network pen testing. Been doing it for ten years. Uh, kind of the origin story is uh, I'm very old, and I had a computer before people had computers, and and it just seemed like that's where I gravitated towards uh, when I was in the military, when I got out of the military, um, and then was in the dot-com gold rush and was working for a company, and we were going to get rich, and we blew through $150 million in 18 months. Whoa. And at the end of that, yeah, Wait, I know. Was that million? Yes, $150 million in 18 months. Because you, be, you couldn't be a profitable business. You had to be deep in the red. So we blew all of our money buying buildings and companies and hiring people. And then we missed that window and the market collapsed. And I had worked uh, for the company for three more months, not getting paid and yet while generating revenue and couldn't understand why I wasn't getting paid. And it, it was for the good of the company. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to survive this. And, and uh, I was last man standing, like I just believed. And, and then eventually I ran out of money and I went to, I was doing traditional IT work at the time. And I went to my largest uh, customer and I said, I'm going to start a business. I don't know what that means. And he said, uh, we've been working together for seven years and I've never met your CEO. So whatever you do, I'm on board. And that was basically the anchor and did that until about 10 years ago. Uh, it was kind of a concierge business, a small number of clients, high revenue. Uh, and then cloud started eating into that revenue and were, you know, typical client was like six figures. And all of a sudden those clients were coming in and they were like 20 grand a year. And so I couldn't figure out how to make that work. Um, and then just said, maybe I pivot to security, uh, took the OSCP course and have been doing that ever since. How many times did it take you to pass your Wait, OSCP? You What's that? I said, how many times did it take you to pass your OSCP? Uh, we don't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare tell me you got it first try. No, I did. Oh, shut up. 
Yeah. But also with Pantensic for a very long time, too. Before he, he, it's because he took it for other people and failed about five or six times before. <laughs> he so that's a racist comment because are oh, you talking about the OSP Indian Indian um, scam? <laughs> they... Don't don't put this on me. That escalated quickly. So it was a scam where the OSP, you can hire someone from India to take the test for you. Oh, well, yeah. It wasn't really a scam, but it was. And then that's why they now require a camera and all this other stuff. Yeah. What do you think about it? So how, how, how long ago did you get your, I was going to start from the very beginning. Oh, this is, this is going back like 2013. Oh, wow. Um, and, and, you know, truth be told, like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, if you know what Metasploitable is, mm. like, I, right, because back then you would sign up for the OSCP course and there was kind of like this waiting period before you could get into it. And, and so I was like, well, I'm going to get Metasploitable. And I, and I installed it and fired it up and then I just stared at it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, now what? I didn't know what to do with it. And then, you know, and then, and then I like fired up Kali Linux and I looked at that and I didn't know what to do with it, you know? And then, you know, I kind of lived in the labs forever and ever and ever because it seemed like a great place to just keep, you know, basically like uh, honing my TTPs. And, and then eventually I, I, I mean, I don't know how long I had a subscription, but you know, now it's like very expensive. Back then, it was a lot cheaper. Um, but yeah, and and then basically just started. I had my traditional IT clients, and 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 was kind of like, oh, hey, maybe we need to harden things up, and and you know, maybe we should, you know, do this and this and this. And then eventually, I started gravitating gravitating towards the other way, and and, and got to a point where it was all security. Uh, what, what, what was the first computer you ever owned? Atari 400. Oh, membrane switches and, and didn't even have a language. You had to buy a basic cartridge. Oh, Lord. I know I'm old. Um, so where, what, what do you think going back to this, to, to small business, like what are some, what are some of the struggles that small business to medium businesses are going through? that like enterprises don't have to worry about like where like what what are they what are they really struggling with that enterprises can just throw money at well i mean i think the first problem is it's 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 not going to happen to us it's going to happen to all those other people sure and they don't realize that that you know i'm as an attacker i'm not going to go after an enterprise i'm going to go after you know the low-hanging fruit some of the other day asked me he's like well how often do you zero days i'm like never like I don't need zero days. Like all I need is a, somebody to open up a, a, an email. Like, and, and so then, you know, then it gets to a point where, you know, maybe there's some sort of compliance and they're, and they're, you know, shortcutting the compliance requirements. Um, one of them was NIST 800-171. Um, so if you work for, if you have a client, sorry, if you're a vendor of a vendor of somebody that has a DOD client, basically everybody in that chain needs to fall under this. Um, I think it's DFARS. And, and so the, you know, the general manager at one place, he, he grabbed the list and he was like, Oh, we, we do most of these things. And I'm like, dude, you don't do any of these things. Like, <laughs> and so it's like not even understanding like what the requirements mean and then, and then basically shortcutting it. And the only time that, um, they really take it seriously is when they can they can wrap their mind around like what happened and and so i'll give you an example i i do every six months i do a pen test with a client been doing that for the last three years and and everyone 
I, I basically like either take over the entire environment or I do a lot of damage. And, and anytime I get DA, that doesn't register with anybody. But then this past engagement, they just rolled out a new ERP MRP system and I had compromised a regular user. And as I was looking through the environment on this ERP system, I found an open share and I was digging through that and I found a DB scripts folder. And in that DB scripts folder was the, uh, the SQL admin password. And so then I wrote the client and I said, Hey, can you, um, can you set me up an account in, in E2? And he was like, why do you, you know, do you think you're going to, you know, hack us? And, and in my head, I'm like, bitch, I already hacked you. <laughs> <laughs> and so when, and, and so he created this account for me and then I upgraded it to admin. And then I, I showed him, I'm like, Hey, I could have literally changed my PO. And then all of a sudden it was like, Whoa, we just got hacked. And I'm like, I've been hacking you for the last like three years. Like, but, but that was the time that it registered and they got serious about it. Why do you think it's till it, hits the, till it hits the purse? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. So like, well, it means it different up. things for different companies, right? Like active direct every, almost everybody has active directory, but of right. those people, unless you're really speaking with an AD admin, I mean, it could be a network guy that you're talking to, like a, C, a top level suite or whoever that you're speaking with. They don't know what it means. They they don't know DA. They don't let, let alone they don't even know what Active Directory is. Right. So so you're right. Yeah, you have to show the them where the problem is. It's also the mindset of most small businesses, right? They're like, oh, we're tiny. We don't have to worry about it. But if you're a supply chain or you're a SaaS offering company and within the supply chain of a major corporation or government entity, I mean, why go after the government when you can just hack the supply chain, get in there, and then automatically backdoor yourself into any government or major company that's out there? Um, there was one company I was working with where I tried to explain that theory to them. And they're still running classic ASP up to today, today. And they and I, I showed them, like, just using the encryption process you're using your cookie has a freaking um, buffer overflow in it that allows me to then break off of it and then run arbitrary code in the classic ASP. And they're like, well, no one's going to hack us. Like, you're in every major government institute in the United States. Right. You're definitely a target. <laughs> I'm sorry. What do you yeah. say? What do you say when you're going back? Because I hear this a lot. What do you say when you go back to these places every six months and you're still able to slap them around? Have they fixed nothing? Is there just new stuff that's popped up in six months or like, or just, they just have like getting a fetish being knocked around. I like, what is that? A fetish? It's, it's gotta <laughs> be a little. good money for that in some clubs in New York. Like, bit, I'm just bit. saying, like, what, like, do you, do you, do you can, can you sit with these people and be like, listen, not that I don't like money because I love money. Money's great. It's how I live. But what are you doing? Like I was just here and nothing seems to have changed. So I've heard of people. Uh, so basically when I, when I finish an engagement, um, I give them kind of a blueprint for fixing everything. And in, in this client in particular, they do fix everything. It's just new stuff pops up. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, even if you run, like if you just run like a Nessus scan and that's obviously not a pen test, it's a vulnerability assessment. Um, but if you run a Nessus scan, you know, every three to six months, you're going to find new stuff in, in that same environment where you've literally cleaned everything up. And so, you know, they rolled out this new ERP MRP system and I was like, oh, there's something new. Let me go 
dig into this. Poke, 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 um, poke. And, and it's also, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of staying with the same vendor, but I'm also a fan of switching vendors, right? Because there is a limitation to my skills and maybe somebody comes in and they have a different perspective, but there's also like, I've been in this environment for the last three years. I know it inside and out. So when I get in there, I don't have to learn. And I, and I typically would say like, when I get into an environment uh, for the first time, for the first 24 hours, I feel uneasy. Like I don't know the environment. I sort of need to get the lay of the land. And I'm trying to shorten that down so that I can move faster, but it typically takes me about a day. And then I'm like, okay, now I know, now I know the land. Whereas I get into this one, I already know the land. So, and I'm like, okay, you know, let me go look at all this other stuff, but Hey, there's, here are these new toys that are out here. What is this? You know, they have a new VoIP system or they have this or that, you know? Um, so at least with the clients that I work with, um, it's new stuff every time. And typically, so I, that client is unusual. They have some different requirements that require it every six months, but typically it's once a year. And after a year, psh, tons. Right. Like it's, it's like a brand new playground, right? Like, Oh, look at all, right. look at all this new stuff. Yeah, we actually was having an internal conversation similar to this about um, like you got the human touch, right? That's what you're providing. The human touch going in there, doing a the human analysis and all this stuff. And you got people constantly saying M- machine learning or AI or, or like whatever chat GPT is going to replace everything. And it's just like, well, they can replace aspects of certain things. But when it comes to complex, like, complex information where you have to kind of look at it and look for kind of what is wrong or what sticks out. That's something it can't really do well unless it's been trained intensively just to focus on that area and to have dynamic data constantly shifting and changing, especially in security world. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Do you worry about any of that stuff like uh, artificial intelligence, chat GPT, or do your clients even bring it up? Not yet. Okay. No, I mean, and, you know, the other thing too is, I mean, obviously there's this wealth of information that, you know, these um, platforms can incorporate. But for me, I, I, I was a system administrator for over 20 years. So I have like this depth of knowledge and, and I know like all of the mistakes that, that I made and I know that administrators make, um, you know, like the, the real common one is like calling into the help desk and, and they're, you know, it's like, oh, I forgot my password. And it's like, oh, we're going to reset your password. And it's going to be summer 2023 exclamation point, mm-hmm. right? Capital S meets the requirements. And, and, but that's, you know, it, that's the kind of stuff that like, if you've, if you've been an admin, you've been on a help desk, like you don't want to be like, all right, you got to do like star Y, you know, carrot. And they're like, Oh, Ben, you know, what's the backslash? What's the forward slash? So you're going to do like, welcome one explanation <laughs> ah, point. <laughs> you want to make enemies for life. Make them use the slash. That's right. Oh. I just looked the other, the other day. I just was playing around on um, the have I been pwned database. And because people are now using password filters and stuff like that. And so I typed in something like some future thing, like summer 2024 explanation point or something like that. And it's not in there. So people that are only using breached passwords are not capturing common repeatable passwords as well. So I'm like, oh, that's going to be really interesting if we're only doing password filters. Is it so... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna ask them what what toolkits do you like to use? Like, what is your what is your bread and butter? Like, yeah, uh, give us all your secret sauce. So, like, we could just 
not secret sauce, but like just generalized. Like, okay, so uh, let's say Trimark, right? So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Dehashed, which is a large uh, breach collection, 150 bucks a year. So uh, have I been pwned? Will tell you that you've been breached, but it won't tell you the passwords. Well, I want I want the password. I want the hash. Um, next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Hunter IO, and I'm going to look and see what the naming convention is uh, for your um, email. And that's typically what you're using internally for the domain. Um, and then if it's, um, you know, if it's like first name dot last initial, then I'm going to grab the 200 most common usernames and I'm going to add A through Z on the end of it. And I'm going to start spraying things. Um, I like phishing a lot. Um, one of the things that I've been doing lately is, um, embedding footer files into docx and and basically that gets through uh, quite a few anti-phishing solutions and still delivers the thing so it's malicious but it still will call out um, and so when i do that i'm testing egress rules um, and what i'll do is i'll embed a unc path so if they don't have egress rules or i'm internal i'm going to get an ntlm v2 hash and then i'm going to collect all those i'm going to start cracking um, and when I'm phishing, I'm not phishing with like your, uh, your security, you know, you know, security awareness training emails. I'm doing legit shit. I mean, when you look at it, like, and I did use chat GPT for one recently, I said, uh, something along the lines of, I'm sending you this document and it's been secured with Microsoft's like <laughs> security, something or, you know, it was like, it sounds legit chat, chat GPT wrote this up. And then basically I cloned, uh, a Microsoft looking page. And so it looks very legit and they click on this and then I'm running a, a, a reverse proxy phishing solution on the back end. So I bring it into what is a what looks like a Microsoft domain and then I'm, I'm capturing credentials. Oop, lost a headset. Um, so then from that point, um, do assume breach basically means that I'm not gonna pierce the, the exterior coming into the environment and and then I get in the environment and depending upon what I know about it or what my scope is, um, depends upon what I do next. Um, if it's somebody that's, you know, not mature, then I'm going to run a full Nessus scan for them. And that's something that I just happened to see in somebody else's pen test report. I thought that was really cool. I mean, you're paying me a lot of money. So why not, why not kick that thing off? Because it's basically, you know, I, I, I have Nessus Pro, so it's one price per year. So it doesn't cost me anything. So, but I give them that in addition to running a full pen test. Um, and then I will take what users and passwords that I have, and I'll start spraying the environment. And obviously if they have solutions in place like a SIM or something like that, um, I won't be so loud. Um, but if, but if I know I can get away with it, then I just be noisy as can be. Um, okay. what, in that what place, of your clients actually have like detection? Like so <laughs> it's it's becoming a requirement um but the problem there is typical clients like 250 and when you start getting into like a real sim solution um they're very expensive yeah and so there's kind of like you know who like what is it um manage engine is one client using that and but they get they have like an rc every other day remote code execution vulnerability like every other day so it's not something I, you know, they were using it. I was like, okay, it works great out of the box. But then, but then I started seeing all these RCEs and I'm like, okay, that seems like a bad idea. 
Um, somebody else is using Wazoo. Um, and, and you know, I mean, I, you like that. Interesting. It I like it. Well, so I came from a, a local government, 300 people. Like, as far as free, I mean, essentially free. Like, okay. I, I had it feeding to a security onion, and that was my, my sim. Um, I mean, it was great. It was easy to set up. It was easy to deploy, and it did what I needed it to do. So, okay. yeah, thumbs up all around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so typically, uh, so I would never recommend an open source product because then all of a sudden I become the tech support, and I don't want to do that. So t mm -hmm. what I want to do is I want to find a product, and then I want to say, hey, this product works great. You should buy support, and then drop me out of that loop. <laughs> Um, um, it's because guys, he's been a sysadmin before, so he knows that anything you touch it's, it's not a, is yours. It's, you know, I got a lot of vendors and they're like, well, you know, we could make you a partner and you could get a percentage of this. It's like, I know where my bread and butter comes, you know, where that money comes from. It comes from pen testing. It comes from bone assessments. Um, it comes from awareness training. It does not come from, you know, I, I manage like 250 Sentinel one clients. Most of those people are like friends that I've known from back in my, in my days, but I try not to be in that. You know, I'm like, I don't want to be in it, but, but, you know, you were good to me. I want to shout out. What's that? I was going to say, I want to shout out Blue Mira. Uh, our friend Amanda works there and they focus on smaller businesses for okay. Sims and super, super cheap out of the box. Uh, okay. like, I think they have a free level as well. Um, can you paste a link in the chat or something? Well, I can grab one. Uh, no, yeah, I cannot. Jake, do something yeah, useful. Yeah. Put the link in the chat. Don't just talk about it. Every time I so, post a link, it gets blocked out by our bot. So I'm not doing. I'll it. allow it. I see so, it. I'll allow okay. it. So, question for you, Vince. Um, have you ever went into a situation where the client's like, "This is great. Thank you for the report. Can you alter it slightly so not make us look so bad, or can you do X, Y, and Z to the report? Like, like how do you handle those type of situations?" So interesting that you bring that up because that just happened to me a couple of months ago. First time it's ever happened. So I think, I, I don't know the whole story. So a lot of times I work with like managed service providers or IT providers or security service providers, um, and they don't have a pen tester. So I will either work through them and pretend that I work for the company or I'll work independent. Um, and so on one of these independent situations, it was one of their longtime clients. And I think they got ransomware and then they basically just burned everything to the ground and started fresh. But I think their insurance required them to have insurance. I mean, sorry, to have a pen test. So I did my pen test, and and I knew the I knew the environment was going to be hardened, but but I did find some things, and I was able to fish through a bunch of different ways and and got through their solution. So I wrote up my report, and and typically I ask the client, like, what do you want? Like, do you want me to do a presentation? Do you want me to record a presentation? You know, do you want me to give you an executive summary? And they were just sort of like checking a box. But then after I delivered my report, they were like, hey, can you give us a two-page summary of what happened? And my interpretation of that was tell us this two guy pages hard of contesting bad things. And, and so I gave that to them and then they were freaking out. They were like, no, 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 no. We cannot show that to the, the board of directors. They're going to, you know, it sounds really horrible. Can you soften this up? And so then I rewrote it again. And then I was like, Hey, you guys are great. And you know, the things that I did find are very technical, but are in the report. <laughs> and so kind of basically gave them two pages worth of fluff, but referenced the report.
And that was a little weird. And I don't, I honestly, like, I don't know if I'm going to get another engagement from them because I think they, they did not like that, but Hey, you know what, whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hate when they do that because then what are you trying to really, I mean, the real solution is just fix your network, fix your, right. fix the problems. Right. Um, like, do you also like, um, like when I was doing stuff like that, the, I try to convince them, don't waste your money and time on fishing because obviously it's going to work. Just drop a box in your network and then we go after the real meat and potatoes, right? Because unless I'm training your whole staff on fishing, what are we trying to accomplish here? You're just trying to see I can get a foothold. I mean, that's a good couple. That could take a week just to send out emails, wait for response, get a, get a C2 connection established and all that fun stuff where I could spend that time actually evaluating your network. Um, what's your opinion on that? I'm just curious. So people always say like users are the first line of defense and I don't think they're the first line of defense. So I just, you know, users are going to open emails are going to open attachments. Mm -hmm. So to me, I want to know what the weaknesses are on that perimeter. And, and I will go through, I go to some interesting lengths to fish people. And so I will set up a bunch of infrastructure in advance and then I'll take a, a couple of different approaches. I might use a, a phishing server, but I also will go get like an Office 365 account and tie a domain to it. And then I'll fish at different parts of the day because um, I find there's a higher success to get people to do bad things when they're on their mobile. So I'll typically like, I'll send out campaigns at like 5.01 p.m. <laughs> Um, and I want to know about that. And then some phishing, anti-phishing solutions will have, um, you know, like attachment sandbox kind of things. And with this one in particular, I could see a callback. The user agent was Python. And I'm like, okay, this is your solution. It's literally clicking the link and it's still delivering the message. So, and, and, the, and then that got me into a little bit of trouble because the provider literally just dumped everybody off of Proofpoint and went to this new one. And, and they were like, okay, don't throw us under the bus with this. And I'm like, okay, but it sucks. <laughs> but if, if, truth be told, I can fish through Proofpoint too. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, this, I mean, I guess it's job security. Like is okay. Uh, rather than me like harp on the whole softening and like, you're not doing yourselves any good and well, what the hell's going on. Is there anything when you go in and see like defensive tooling in the environment, you're like, I am truly boned. Like, is there anything that you're afraid of or things that are like super hard or, or that you consider like, Oh, they got their shit together. Like you see a thing and you're like, well, this is going to take longer than I thought. I mean, in a hypothetical world, anything configured properly, but but you're talking about <laughs> small businesses bar. where. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So, for example, uh, a large medical provider acquired a company, and they had a little satellite office of about thirty-five people. And I knew going into it that they had CrowdStrike, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I know CrowdStrike is legit." So I was being super quiet, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm getting away with this." And then I got a little noisier and a little noisier. And by the end of the week, I was literally spraying the entire environment. Like so banging like, on pots okay. and pans and shit. Yeah. I mean, like, do you have this in like monitor mode? Is there anybody yeah. on the other side of this? Like, I don't, you know. Yeah. I know you're too scared. Head. Yeah. They're probably too scared to actually, like, a lot of companies do that. They put it in training mode 
ways that kind of alerts you of what's going on. And then they try to turn it on the first time. They get backlash by everyone in the company. Like, oh, this is happening. Everything's on fire. So they put it back on monitor mode and they just leave it alone. And they can check the box. We have this software. We have yeah, we got an EDR. Have you ever been caught in a honeypot? No, nobody's running a honeypot in my environment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is anybody? Because so, so I, simple too. So like I've been reading and I've honeypots have been a thing like forever, right? And I can even remember studying them when I was first learning security, and they seem like such a great idea. And like, is are they? Do people do them? Like, is it a regular practice, or you just? I mean, you obviously see a lot of environments, and if you're saying no, like. Is it people don't do it because of like out of risk or they just aren't good enough? They don't have the team for it. Are they effective? It's typically, well, I think again, if if something was configured correctly, there was a product, and it's interesting because it like fell off the world, and I was like, man, that was a solid product. So, uh, man in the middle attacks using Responder, right? Um, it would detect Responder, uh, and I'm trying to remember what it was called. I think it was called Re- like Responder. Cement. Responder was, was one that was a, Responder was an oh. open source one that yeah that does the same thing yeah it'll it'll detect Responder and then crush okay. it somehow. I mean yeah. you can do it with PowerShell and and basically it'll detect it and log it and throw throw an alert. But again that's that's a you know I might see stuff like that where people will do kind of like this um, like one off cobbling different shit together. If you had a solution um, like this this solution basically what it would do is their recommendation is for every system that you had your environment, it would spin up two fake machines and, and those fake machines. Yeah, I know. And I'm so like, nice. okay, so it what is, but basically it, it, you're going to touch something. And, and so, and, and they were different things. Like one would be like just a, a Linux server with, you know, a, an SSH honeypot. And, and basically you had this map, like, you know how like you watch a movie and they show you the big map of all the computers and, yeah. and like it lights up. It literally had that. I was like, this is cool as shit. Um, but again, it was like 10 grand a year and a small business like, why do I need this? Um, but it would, it detected responder. And I was like, okay, that's pretty wicked. Um, cause for a long time, like I would always fire that up. Um, I mean, the, uh, the other problem with honeypots is you have to have a good SIM sitting behind it. just to alert you of statuses and different information. And I mean, at that point, like now you run into the SIM costs as well. Um, right. So. I don't know. But just any drop, firewall does it, though. I think. I was gonna say, just drop a just drop a thousand different canary tokens all over your your network, the free ones, and you're all good to go. You're fine. I would not. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, canary I wish. Tokens, hmm. Go ahead. No, I say canary dropping anything that's used like that can. I mean, unless you're really monitoring it and you know exactly what's going on with it, it's not available to standing users. You have a good sound practice you're going to set up a lot of false alarm and you're going to get deafened by alarm syndrome where people are not responding to alerts because it's so it's happening so much. So you want to have really pinpoint type of strategies that your team is alert on and it's not alert on, you know, it's not false triggered all the time. So that's all. I can give you a good example where a canary token would have worked well. Uh, so uh, recent engagement, got in into an accounting directory and saw this file that said uh, uh, AP passwords, Excel spreadsheet. And I opened it up and it was a bunch of accounts and, and passwords for various things, including all of their shipping providers. 
that had a canary token in, I would have got busted. And so I you mean, could take, you couldn't nest, you could nest something like that. Another thing you could do is you could do like um, what they call lightweight D- DLP type of solutions. And that's where you, in Microsoft Office, or Microsoft Word, let's just say, I'm sorry, not Office. In Microsoft Word, you could put links in there into a, um, like a picture or image. That's where you get to clear the pixel image um, beacons and stuff like. You could put that in there. You have to then edit the document more and actually put the URL in there. But once you put that, it would then you could trigger it on any time someone opens it, it sends out an alert by fetching that image. And that's how you could track sensitive documentation. It's free, cheap, and well, it's free, so it's better than cheap. And it's something you can really set firewall rules, I mean, um, similar rules on to alert you on. So that's a good, like that, that's why I always do on sensitive documents. I put that, those type of beacons in there. So Jake, next so, time I send you a document, check, check for those beacons. I'm going to put beacons <laughs> in all my documents from now on. <laughs> And just my, really my thoughts freak are, out our admin. <laughs> my thoughts are unoriginal. I'm just stealing from everybody else. So if you grab a Canary Tokens document and and so a docx or you know docx or anything, you know, XLSX, those are just zip files. So name them to zip, extract it, and then figure out where canarytokens.com is, and then insert your own malicious whatever. Or in your case, something to trigger off of. So you can basically take one of their existing documents and use that as your, you know, your, your honey document. And, yeah, and to me, like, I don't send shit to the internet. Like, I don't, I don't want to use, I don't want to use like Canary tokens. I'm sure they're a nice company or whatever, but like, you're basically shipping info to them and they're free. So you're probably the product. Hey, did you, <laughs> somebody had mentioned in chat, I think it was Bill, uh, had, had made a comment in chat that uh, it took five years for potential access that I still had to be removed from a from from a prior employment. When you're in doing your test, and of course people mince you know the words between pen test and red team and and whatever. Uh, have you ever been in somewhere screwing around and be like, oh look, somebody's already here? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I but there have been moments when that has occurred to me in my own network. <laughs> No, you know, it's like something weird happens and you're like, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden you go like in crazy lockdown mode and like, cause you know, I mean, I, I, I took off my tinfoil hat for this, you know, for the show, but, but normally like I got one on all the time. Oh, I could tell just, yeah, you're, you're around red teamers long enough and you could pick out the ones that, you know, are just out of their gourds when like one little thing happens. Cause they know they, they, they know the bullshit they've done to people. <laughs> And they're like, yeah. they're looking. Where are the logs? Check the logs. Yeah. Well, how about oh, like you're burning, burn everything. Like all of a sudden, your application crashes. I'm like, buffer overflow. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my first reaction is like, oh, I'm gonna burn this system down. I can't trust it anymore. How uh, we and we've been having these conversations. Or I've happened to have conversations about logs a lot lately, and I don't know why because I haven't been thrown hunting for a while. But how how important in a defensive uh position are logs like like do do you see it do you see it more people are under utilizing them have you ever seen them where you're like oh shit you had an adequate level of logs good for you well they might have adequate logs but they don't have anybody watching them yeah that's that's a that's that's a compliance requirement too is you need to be you need to have logs that are independent from the environment so people are collecting all of this data and they're shipping it off to wherever but they're not looking at it 
and I and I get it. Like, but the the thing that like we were talking about Wazoo earlier. Wazoo, I fired it up. It seems so noisy, mm. and I'm like, what can you do with this? And it's triggering off of like normal Windows operations, and it's like, no, this is you know, uh, in Miter's attack framework, you know. And I'm like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> so I don't know how you then- I don't know how you deal with that. And on top of it, not to, you can't just have anyone looking at logs. You know, you need to know what exactly you're looking for. And right. That's that's always a pain. Like, like, oh yeah, I open up the log file and I just scroll right by. Everything looks good. What do you mean? What do you? What kind of log was it? Was it a web log? Was it a DNS log? Was it a server log? A, a system assist log? What? They're like, I don't know. So how do you know what you're looking for? Like right. you, like that's why I, I know that everyone kinds of go sims are so expensive, but that's where they come in value. They can digest these logs. You can create rules. There's YAML rules out, uh, uh, like out the YAML out there on the web that you can download and integrate, and it just automatically find things for you. Um, so basically, you uh, just offered to do that to free for free for a whole bunch of people, right? Oh yeah, if you want to give me access to your network, I will definitely take care of your network for you. But, but you're basically, but but that's the problem is you basically just just described like somebody's like twenty hours a week for a few weeks and they don't you know they don't have that it's like you know uh the general manager is the de facto it guy and then they outsource you know the heavy lifting to some third party and they charge 200 dollars an hour but that's why i tell people all the time like if you don't have time to look at logs fine capture it don't waste your time looking at it waste it spend your time on efforts you know you know how to master and you know how to do properly like maybe secure your ad a little bit better you know how to do that versus going through logs when you're not even knowing what you're looking for. I do you know a company that does that that secures Active Directory? Oh, uh, we know. I think I heard of one. I heard of one. It's, yeah, it's something uh, to do with back Dragon. Framework.security.com. Was it Triforce or something? Is that what it's called? It's Triforce. Yeah, Triforce. Oh, look, there's yeah. a whole banner okay. scrolling across the bottom of your screen right now. Framework.security.com. So, I mean, services. That ball up in the air, not, not too soft. I'm not trying to soft, like do that. I'm just trying to tell people, like, focus your efforts on things that really that you are expert in, and then I'll source what you can when you have a budget versus just checking boxes because you're not you're not helping yourself at the end of the day. I still remember my first security job ever that was in this sock for this <laughs> in the FDA, and I was, I was, was a concert joint. I was a contractor. Shut up, Dev. I'm trying to get to a point here. Uh, I it was stock for the FDA. I was third shift. I knew nothing in my first gig, and I just was sitting there like trying to take it all in. And I remember this one thing specifically because it still sticks with me about how there would be an alert in whatever we had. Oh, we had net witness, right? That's what it was. Um, and the alert would come in, and then somebody would investigate it, and their investigation was just copying the entire output of an nmap command. And that would be in the notes. And then they would go back. And I remember one of the senior analysts saying, come here. And it wasn't me. It was the other dude did it. I was just watching this happen because I didn't even know how to run NMAP at the time. And they're like, right, not him. What is this? What is this? And they're like, oh, it's the NMAP output. Okay. What does it show? Oh, it shows the output of the thing with the thing. And like, they were just copying the whole block. And it was like seven pages long of like, what's like, you don't, Context is king. Pages from Nmap. I don't. They probably these people were so dumb. They that's probably they probably ran it eight times and got eight pages. But there was no 
So even though you could have the defense, you could have the sim, you could have the tooling, but if you're not having the actual analysis done, and I, I think about that often, like at least once a week, and I hope that person is flipping burgers now. Because like, you no, know, you know what? No, I don't. I don't trust wow. them to make sure that that burger is at the right temperature and that it has my right like ingredients on it because that was just I'm this, awful. I'm just worried that the FDA allowed you anywhere around that organization. Like that's just scary to me. <laughs> this was a long time ago before they really this figured a long, out. Long, long time ago. Uh, standards. Fohammer and chess says, "Don't talk to me unless your end map output is at least five pages." Um, so like, but yeah, like nothing highlighted or, or, or whatever. So if you're not applying all, that's why, that's why I think we're never going to like out human ourselves unless chat GBT gets real smart about a lot of things real quickly. Uh, like that would be cool. Like to be able to feed something like that and output and have them just spit it back out in 10 seconds and be like, this all looks, but then like, there's so much context around that too. Like, I, I don't think that ever gets yeah. there. So when I was training people to do the OSCP to pass it, one of the things I told them was when you do end maps is you stack rack your IP, your um the ports, and you focus on it. So like common, uncommon, rare ports, and then you want to then do like fifteen minute check cycles, like just go through so that way you're not doing any rabbit holes. But yeah, like it's an art. I mean, going through end map, truly doing solid end map is an art. Getting it back and going through and doing analysis, especially when you have a hundred ports or hundred and thirty ports open and it's it could be overwhelming hey, sometimes. Vincent, when you're when you're going up against these smaller companies, right? So getting back to like the whole size part of it, like what kind of teams are you going up against? Are they single people? Are they like what's what, what's kind of the biggest defensive team or security team that you go up against? I'm not going up against true defenders. Okay. Okay. Fair. I mean, typically, I'm I'm going up. So, a, a lot of times, I'm going against managed service providers and not security service uh, providers. You know, which yeah. is basically the new name for IT company. But yeah. IT company is like, oh, that was you know, we don't want an IT company. We want a managed Man, service. Provider. Managed service. Is and, much and, but it's basically the the same people rebranded. They're really good at at their side, and they really don't understand this other side. And so, and then, but, you know, they have the, you know, we're going to install, you know, this and that, and that's going to make everybody secure. And then I come in and I just start kicking things down and okay. When I worked at at MSSP, uh, there are so many companies probably still breached from my analysis or me trying to catch people. We would get, we would get PCAPs of things. And because I, because it said in the very beginning, like, uh, MS DOS executable. I was like, oh, this is fine. DOS isn't the thing anymore. And <laughs> close ticket. Oh my God. Close Why? ticket. Why? Job Why? done. Why would they let you around any computer? Oh my God. Who else wants to work a third is... shift level tier one sock? So, Vince, what's the most endpoints you've seen on a single machine? Because, I mean, we, it got to the point when there was, like, what, 15, 30 different endpoints? People are just loading this for who knows what. What's the most you ever seen? I'm just curious. Uh, sorry, I'm not. Uh, most endpoints on a single machine or a single network? I mean, like a like segment. Endpoint end protection. Endpoint yeah, end protection. protection. So, okay, sorry. What's the, So, what's the question? Like, on a single network, like in a single environment. What's the most you ever seen before? Like we've seen, uh, you know, CrowdStrike, and then also running, you Carbon know, Black. McAfee XDR, and oh, then oh, Carbon you're Black, talking, and then yeah, you're yeah. Talking about, 
You're talking about like multiple endpoint protections on the yeah, same yeah. system. Yeah, dev don't speak so good. <laughs> Some well, I mean, really, all you need is malware bytes and then call it a day. No, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. What do you say? McAfee is your number one recommended software. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want I want a, I want a free version of anything. Uh, I haven't really seen I haven't really seen multiple. I mean, I probably have, but I don't. I mean, I don't recall. It, typically, it's like one endpoint protection per system, um, and maybe somebody's got malware bytes on there. If they if like you know, because there's somebody that always like was from back in the day, and they're like, oh, well, you know, you can't have just endpoint protection. You need something else. But a lot of times I'll just come in and I'll be like, all right, get rid of this crap, get ADR. Yeah. Yeah, I seen I actually knew one person who had McAfee no in the A V the free one, I forgot what it's called. Um the free yeah. that what was it called? The free Avast. antivirus. Avast and AVG were two yeah. free ones. AVG. Yeah, oh, AVG. Like all these. Like we're gonna cover all our bases, right? Zone like, alarm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that's not how this works. <laughs> no, I don't even know how your computer works right now, my friend. Like yeah. you have all these loaded. Like I didn't, and they have like Defender or I don't know. It was just a mess. I'm like, they're all running. Are you sure they're running? Because I'm pretty sure you only have one running. The rest you just pay money or downloaded it for free, uh, for no reason. Hey, uh, and then you ask them, and then they tell you they have a cracked version of Windows running <laughs> on on top of the whole thing. Hey, so. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, 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 Vincent, we got about eight minutes left, and uh, before we get to our closing, um, where do you go to stay up to date on your own skills? Right, like where, like where you go on blogs, or you, like uh, pages, social media, uh, hang out in trusted sex Discord. Yeah, um, I I have a lab that I'm constantly building things, and and so I I like hack the box, the pro labs. Mm. Um, but, but the problem with that is if something breaks and you don't know exactly what's going on, you just think maybe you're not on the right path. So if you're like an aspiring pen tester, you should start building a lab and, and build up a, you know, an active directory environment. And then, you know, that side of it. And then when you start attacking it, then you kind of have an idea of what you're attacking because you built this other side. And then I would say uh, one of the things that I've done is I've, I've started, there's a script called Bad Blood, basically makes a, an insecure um, or not secure Active Directory. I basically wrote my own. And so when you start doing that, then you learn PowerShell and then you learn how to manipulate systems. And then again, like if you didn't know what Kerberos pre-auth was, then all of a sudden you learn what Kerberos pre-auth is. And so to me, like knowing both sides of it, because I'm not an administrator anymore. So I still need to keep up on that other side and know what this other side looks like. So I spent a lot of time doing that. Um, from my IT days, uh, I had a hosting facility where I didn't have a hosting facility. I rented a rack in a hosting facility and put a bunch of uh, Dell to use and, and that's sitting in my garage. And so I have three of those that are stuffed. They each have like 144 gigs of RAM and more terabytes than I need. And tons of cores so you can build multiple environments you can set up segmentation and then so then, then you learn like how to pivot um do you, you know, things like that like real world yeah do you do you find it more useful i know because when i was learning and coming up was like everything was i had to find hardware and this and like scrap and things like that could can you can somebody learning have have a decent setup for relatively low cost if all they have is virtual to work with 
Yeah, I mean, really, what do you need is a like you need an Active Directory in a single system, and if you can do that, then you can do a lot of things. You know, an ideal situation would be maybe three systems, but if you don't have the resources for that, um, I mean, and you can do stuff in you know in the cloud or whatever. But then people are like, well, four hundred dollars—that's a lot of money. You know, yeah, 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 I, exactly, right. And so, but I mean, shit, you can probably find a bunch of used hardware too. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. eBay. Yeah. Well, she, yeah. we just we just ran so two streams ago. I ran a demo of just a single domain controller off of oh, a laptop. Still trying to recover because it wasn't. It didn't go great, but it worked fine. Listen, it was the stream's fault. It was no, working it on my end. It is. It. You know what? Death. It didn't go great, but it worked fine. That's like it, that's that's like a really a good in his house. Yeah. That, that, if you if you heard was like the whole time. If you work for a tech company, I haven't done this in a long time, but I mean, probably in probably four or five years, and I might, they've been securing this up. But if you work for a tech company, you can get something called the Microsoft Action Pack, and it gives you every server operating system, every desktop operating system, and then every desktop application. And so then with that, you can build an environment with different things. Like you want to run Exchange and SharePoint, SQL, you can do that. And I know there are trials for that. Um, but like, sometimes I will build an environment and I just want that environment to stay the same. I don't want to have to deal with like activation and shit like that, but it was like four or 500 bucks back then. And that's a lot of money, but you know, uh, a lot of certifications are a lot of money. So, all right, we got uh, only for labs. That's only for labs. You can't use that for production systems. So don't go out there and try. (laughs) Says you, you're out to boss of me. Dev speaks up on like stuff like that he's like oh yeah i hacked three letter agencies and blah 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 and then he's like but don't use unlicensed stuff okay like yeah hey you know what the pie is that microsoft comes out like we got audited at one company and it was in the uh five to almost six digits in penalties (laughs) microsoft legal has entered the chat uh (laughs) all right we like to do this thing i'm starting to warm up to it more uh but i'm at least you know what i'm warming up to it to ask the guest and I care much less about what the other three of you have to say. However, we are going to start with Vincent. Vincent, we 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 started out doing closing thoughts, and then we've kind of pivoted over to Jake's. Jake is a very sunny disposition type person, always looking on the bright side of things. I've I've yet to see him very angry. I can't wait to see it because man, it's going to be bad. But he's Ooh, mostly bad. a very very sunny yeah. person. Um, over the past week. And if you haven't had any wins, this could be a very delicate question. And if something went completely apeshit wrong, share that too. Wins over the week or complete clusters over the week? Me? Wins. Yeah, okay. What do you got? What happened? Um, I don't know. It just works going well. Okay. It could be as simple yeah. as that. But yeah. Doesn't have yeah, to be I mean, you know how it is. Like, you know how, you know, like shit goes wrong and you get like that horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach that hasn't happened this week that's so it's all, a good week it's all we can ask for my friend that sometimes that's the only win that we need uh and now yeah. that we have a little bit of time uh brandon anything good for you uh no everything's been terrible awesome jake <laughs> oh <laughs> no i was gonna so i'm using my nope, time moved to- on already no, no. I, I yield my time back to brandon thank you horse um so, Vincent, I was going to ask, because I know that you've put out a whole bunch of CFPs. So, you want to mention any place that you're speaking in the near future? I'm speaking at Gurkhan in September, and I am crossing my fingers, but I'm pretty sure I'm going back to B-Sides, Kansas City. Nice. Sweet. I always want to go to yeah. Kansas City. I got a lot of friends there. 
We should go together next year, Danny. I'm not going. Um, we like we like them, but we will be at Gurkhan. We are a sponsor of Gurkhan this year, so we'll, we'll right on. be there. Bring your drinking glasses. Absolutely. Uh, oh, have you have you ever been? I was there once. I actually spoke there. My the only time okay. I was there. They, they party speak. hard. They do. It's because it, it's that one. It's that one bar that's like uh, it's like with a patio outside. I think that everybody hangs out. It's like the bar that people go to there. Yeah, um, yeah, that one. Uh, which is, by the way, if anybody who's wondering where Gurkhan is, Grand Rapids, uh, at the is it still called the DeVos Center? Yes, uh, and I highly recommend it. Uh, it's a good center. It's, I don't it, like... to me. It's like DefCon. DefCon is like is is too large at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, and and Gurkhan is about two thousand people, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. Uh, well, very good. Then we're going to see you there, Dev. Have you had a good week, or have you had a bad week? No, I had a good week. Uh, worked with uh, one of our internals, uh, D. I think he was on the webcast not too long ago, and we're actually looking to uh, see if we can do a, another webcast talking about home labs. Nice, so Vincent. If you want to join us, that'd be oh, great. Yeah. Uh, but building home labs, how going from micro to you know somewhat large home labs. So absolutely, and for me. Yeah, I did okay. It's it's. I think it's been. I think it's been a good week. I I, I am exhausted for all for all good reasons. We continue to be working with Black Hills to do our expansion pack for Tramrex Security. Um, so right. that hopefully will be out uh, early next year. Uh, and we just had our all of our. It's it is a very intensive process, but we're very very happy to be doing it. So I am always very happy about that. Vincent, if people want to follow you and uh, figure out. What what you doing? You got a blog? You got Twitter? What do you got? I'm on Twitter as a lurker, uh, and that's about it. Come to my con- conference talks. That's about <laughs> or workshops. I do workshops. Uh, I did one in January, and I did one a couple weeks ago, and I'll be doing one at Gurkhan and if Kansas City takes me there too. All right, so that's four hours of me original original stuff, not you know using existing things. I custom build it for the class absolutely all right well very vincent so awesome to have you on man we'd love to have you back you. we got a lot of really great info from you um you're a stellar guest you're very pleasant and you. Uh, you don't mumble when you speak or anything so we like that uh for uh, everybody else trymarksecurity.com slash services we do ad we do azure ad and vmware and hub.trymarksecurity.com you can see our webcasts from this past couple of weeks uh youtube has all of these shows and uh, we do, I just started a TikTok, but uh, I have a few clips up, but there's nothing I really want to crow about just yet. But we're going to have a lot of Vincent clips up there pretty, pretty soon. And yeah, we'll be back next Friday. I don't know who our guest is, but I'm sure. Oh, my raccoon hands from Twitter. Uh, she will be on and we'll be uh, talking to her and it's going to be a good time. So for everybody in the chat, Fohammer and Matt and Rico and Bill, everybody, thank you for joining us, and we'll see y'all uh, next week. Nah, no open mics today. I'm just listening to the music. What are you listening to? What is this? You don't know this song? I can hear it. Turn it on the screen. But you put the oh yeah all right. Pretty lost anthem. Someone that they have. Also, the mics are definitely so hot. Oh, I know they are. Why are you so hot? Why are you so hot?
they're a liar. We're overlooking the